0: Data Mesh Radio is provided as a free community resource by Data Mesh Understanding. It is produced and hosted by me, Scott Herleman. I started this podcast as a place for practitioners to get useful information about Data Mesh, and we're at over 200 episodes already. This is a Mesh Musings episode where I do a relatively short overview, some might call a few of them rants, on a specific topic related to Data Mesh. I try to put, uh, you know, my few summary takeaways in the show notes too, to make it easy to decide if this will be useful for you. Quick reminder as well to hit the Data Mesh Understanding link in the show notes to easily review listings of past episodes you might have missed. You know that I've grouped up on different topics to make it easy if you want to do like a deep dive into governance or something like that. Do check out the Data Mesh Understanding offerings as well and the free community introduction roundtable programs while you're there. Now with that, on to the mesh musing. Data mesh implementation success metrics about the data platform. Mesh musings number fifty-two. This one's going to be kind of long, just to prep people. So this is continuing on from Mesh musings fifty-one, which was about data process data product success metrics. Let's talk about implementation success metrics specific to the platform. You know, I was going to do just overall implementation success metrics. You know, I was doing the the micro at the data product level, and then I was going to do it at the macro level, but this got very, very long. So uh, I'm going to break it up into kind of the different pillars and we'll kind of throw in some other things maybe around this series on success metrics. So I use platform as well in this as a singular word, but it's also, or it's often multiple platforms making up kind of a cohesive experience or a set of experiences for users. They don't care if it's one code base. They don't care that like exactly how it all fits together on the back end. So you should probably think of it that same way as to this is a set of experiences for users and the platform powers that. Also, there are so many things you can consider measuring when when getting into this. I think I give out like 35, 40, maybe even 50 different potential metrics to measure on just the platform in this. So think about what, what you want information about, like what do you think from the platform side is pushing your implementation forward or will push your implementation forward in the next phase or whatever, and measure to that instead of focusing specifically on the measurements, because you can get too attached to measurements or you can get overloaded trying to measure everything. What's important to moving forward? Focus on that. going to repeat some of the stuff from the Mesh Musings 51, you know, about how do you? How should you think about your approach to measuring things? So number one, use fitness functions. Number two, get to measuring and then improve on what you measure. What you measure and how you measure it will probably be pretty mediocre at best to start. That's okay. Again, get to measuring. Number three, it's not as important to implementation level metrics, but get a framework in place to think about your measurements to make them repeatable and understandable. There's nothing worse than someone having to learn the meaning of a metric over and over because different domains or different applications of that metric, business functions, they have all different meanings of the same phrase. We we have that a lot with the, the concept of what is a data product. Number four, kind of a new one, the implementation level success metrics are more about measuring your progress than a scorecard to show others. It's your progress along the journey. Instead of, is this a good data product? It's, how far have we come? There is never really a done. Don't try and race to the finish line because there isn't one. Think about building sustainable practices to deliver strong business value through data. So let's define what I even mean by implementation or at least kind of large scale macro level things, the success metrics. This is about how your journey is going in general. At the very start, these will obviously be very hard to figure out how to measure, what to measure, and you'll be measuring against kind of one to three data products. Not all that useful at that point, but when you start measuring early, you'll start to see what matters and reflect on that far, far sooner. This one isn't going to be as crisp as number 51, because I think it's important to kind of blend these metrics together, you know, and it's a whole, measuring a whole picture. You can weigh one kitten or puppy, but trying to weigh, to get 15 to stay on the scale long enough to actually take an accurate measurement isn't gonna work. That's kind of the way it starts when you when you start to look at the implementation. It's a bunch of puppies, it's a bunch of kittens, it's a bunch of plates that you're spinning. So approximations and a bit more qualitative judgments will come into play, which some people don't love, but it's kind of the name of the game. It's the way that it's gonna work. So let's start with these, these platform metrics, but important, but not necessarily the most important, so don't get super do- bogged down in measuring this perfectly. And we'll break it down into a few categories. I, I kept coming up with new ones like satisfaction, time to deploy new products, time to update existing data products, ease of use, you know, which kind of blends into all the others, searchability and discoverability, and those are kind of different. We'll talk about that. Ease of interconnection or interoperability between data products, mean mean time to detect and mean time to recovery from issues or incidents, governance just kind of as a its own concept, guardrails, automation, helpful artifacts. Before we we get in, there are two aspects to consider for a platform in general when you're talking about measuring your success. Friction reduction and improved, maybe you call it productivity, you know, kind of serendipity generation. This, let me do something new and useful, right? Not just reducing the friction, that's one half of it, but the other is, How did we add value with something that wouldn't have happened anyway, even if someone were trying to make that happen? So let's start with satisfaction. It's pretty easy to understand, if not easy to measure. Look into NPS or Net Promoter Score and do lots of actual interviews when you're talking about satisfaction. I think one aspect that comes up a lot when discussing this, Alice Parker has been especially vocal. She had her own episode and was also on a panel on data user experience. Is that you look at your spectrum of personas? It's not just like there's a data product developer. And there are multiple types of data product developers, especially as the platform matures. You might have really advanced ones. You might have people like data scientists that are creating the data products for themselves. You know, instead of sticking it in a feature store, they're kind of doing whether that's actual data products or that's kind of recipes for data products, all that stuff. Different consumer types and people as well kind of exist, as well as these people like governance or compliance officers that aren't a consumer or a producer that definitely need to be part of your platform strategy. One really interesting aspect to consider is for domains that are brought on the mesh when they have a choice to use your platform versus not. I can't remember who said this recently, but I really like this of thinking about if somebody has a choice to use your platform or use something else, something existing, uh, you know, in in a different approach, do they use your platform? You know, it's a, it's a, and you know, do they have actual choice? That's a complicated discussion in a lot of different organizations, but again, are they making a choice? Are they satisfied with your platform? You know, you obviously want to get to yes. And if you aren't asking, you know, Getting to a yes that they want to choose your platform, ask them why, not in an accusation type way, but in actually trying to figure things out. And when you think about actually measuring this, this is again a very qualitative measure. um, Outside of the when they have a choice, are they using this? It's it's frustrating, but it's something that you kind of got to get your arms around. So a really interesting other metric is new time to or deploy time to deploy new products. There is time to develop. An alpha or prototype data product and time to go from concept to deployment, as well as time from you know kind of firm concept to initial deploy. There's all these different timelines. And they're trying to get to the same thing. Once there is a relatively firm understanding of what a new data product should look like, how long does it take to make it an actual reality? How much coding, how much time is spent doing that aspect, right? This can be measured in aspects, not just to the platform. It can measure communication friction, and time to alignment, for instance. But when considering the platform, how much work does it take to actually do the development work for a data product? Schmack has talked about cycle time at one of her big clients when she was at ThoughtWorks going from, you know, six to eight weeks at the start for a new data product, and kind of two weeks as they were getting somewhat going, to sometimes under an hour, or if it was more complicated, a day, maybe two at most, So in Conchao, in his episode, when he was at Northern Trust talked about when they were doing a data service, it was two to three months to develop. And then it was like two to three weeks or even less to develop a data product. So it can be hard to measure how much of that time friction is to developing and deploying a new data product. But, you know, and how much is that is actually associated to the platform. But that doesn't mean, one, you shouldn't try to measure it. And two that you also can't get a decent sense of where the friction lies. If it's on getting alignment, that's not an issue or challenge with the platform. And so, you know, if you want super, super hard and fast metrics versus a sense of where we are, that's, you're <laughs> you're going to be disappointed. I'm sorry. So... When people are looking at the DORA metrics around DevOps and CI/CD, if you don't know what I mean, when just search DORA metrics, they're about measuring your effectiveness at uh, using DevOps practices. So DORA metrics, number of deploys of, of services, is a metric that shows uh, a lot of health for their DevOps practices. If you can constantly be deploying new updates to services, then you presumably, you know, have some good processes in place to make those deploys safe and easy. Otherwise, you're just creating tons and tons of chaos by uh, doing lots of deploys that aren't in a safe environment. Well, how do we think about that around data products? How easy it, is it to deploy a new version, not you know, a breaking change version or something, just a change maybe by adding a new column or something? How long does it change to, to make that change in a data product? How easy is it to do that? Again, look to the friction. Think about how hard it is to update the documentation, how hard it is to, you know, add anything to this. We'll, we'll talk a little bit later about um, granting access and things like that around the governance. But again, just look for the friction. Find that friction and measure that friction. So another one, ease of youth use is both a simple and very complex to measure. Some of that is how much it, it time it takes to complete a task. If the task is pretty general, such as deploy a documentation update, you can probably easily track that. But if it is total time for a documentation update, if someone is rewriting a considerable amount of information, but the actual deploying of the change is very simple, then that time should be marked as as low friction, even if they were like, I'm spending an hour and a half in the document update uh, uh, framework or whatever, you know, if you're doing documentation, right? A lot of this stuff should be in the code. So that doesn't even get tracked. But when you think about how much time it takes to actually do the thing, that's what you should be looking. So, But you should be looking to track this and then take things with a grain of salt, but also dig into where is, where is your ease of use? Ease of use will... Also come through in your satisfaction measurement, of course. In general, ease of use, lowered friction, is what you want for your platform. So there will be many ways to consider tracking that along your implementation timeline. Look to measure points of friction and how those lessen over time. So searchability and discoverability of data, these are, are quite related. But let's talk a bit about searchability at first. How easy is it to actually find the data products that exist? How easy is it to register data products so others can find them? Right. That's kind of how I think about searchability, because discoverability is not just discovering the data product, it's discovering what information is in there. Right? It's more in-depth about how to find what's actually in the data product. How easy is it to understand what is in a data product or find the right data product based on the user's need? How easy is it to learn and explore the data? How much friction? Is there in the process and how well documented and designed is the user experience around getting to figure out what data is out there and what data people might want to use? And then, you know, we'll talk about getting access in the governance section a bit. But again, how do you measure this? It can be hard to figure out specific measurements, but maybe time to choice or check out of data, maybe also number of single pull requests of data, somebody pulled this, da- this product down only once, but it didn't satisfy what they needed for some reason. You kind of want to prevent that if you can, because they understood from the documentation that it wasn't going to be fit. Putting too much stock in that can be dangerous, but it's another thing that you can look to track. So ease of interconnection or interoperability of data products is really crucial as you move forward in your journey, journey. How easy is it to grab data from multiple data products and properly combine them in some way? This might even be tracked by how often people are copying the data elsewhere to combine that data instead of accessing it kind of the data products themselves. How easy is it to discover interconnections between data products? How easy is it to create or you know kind of document that there are interconnections between data products? If you're using a universal ID of some sort, can you Still, combine them easily, right? Maybe they're uh, interoperable, but not actually able to be interconnected and, and used together. Even though they use that same ID, that's it. Nothing else is is matching in you know timestamps or in the way that anything is stored. When thinking about a downstream data product, how well do the SLAs actually flow down into the subsequent data products? That's another one that I'm going to get into on another. Uh, Mesh meetings on data contracts and how that should all work. but So metrics here around interconnection and interoperability, they're a little bit squishy. But I think this is talking to people and measuring the time between interconnection requests and it happening and maybe having people test the query capabilities once in a while as to see if your platform can handle these easy interconnections. But it's something you want to keep an eye on and figure out how to measure. I don't have great answers on that right now. So again, borrowing some things from SRE and DevOps, there is this concept of time to detect and time to recovery of issues or incidents. While meantime to recovery can get you into some really bad optimizations, go listen to some SRE con talks if you want to get into why getting too focused on time to recovery isn't a great thing, but it's a good starting point. Right. It's good to understand how quickly can data products and/or aspects of the platform itself recover from issues. How quickly can you find those issues? Are there good mechanisms around recovery to allow rollbacks? Is that rollback of the data or of the data product or the, you know, it it gets a little confusing? Do you have to even like recompile the data? Yes, if you maltransform some data, but if, you, if there was just an issue in one thing upstream, do you have to recompile the entire data product? Then maybe your platform isn't doing things in the right way. It's not doing separation of concerns. I think the better one here is about the observability aspect. How long does it take the broader you, you know, kind of as an organization to detect an issue? Is the platform detecting issues itself or is it only people? Are the producers the ones that are finding the issues more often than the consumers, meaning that they're actually watching things close enough to find issues? You know, does the platform allow that? And then you can think about the organizational of are they actually doing that? We're not going to get into that in this one. But this one isn't too complex in thinking of things to measure as to how quickly you can uh, find these these issues that are always going to come up when you're doing data work and then recover from them. But it can be hard to figure out the signal from the noise. And, and, and if incidents end up becoming really, really hard to recover from because you have such good guardrails, something has to go really wrong to generate an in- incident, is that really a bad thing in and of itself? You, you, again, all of these things, with as with any metric that you're tracking, take them with a grain of salt and really understand the context that they fit in. So governance. Ooh, baby. This is going to be far briefer than it deserves here because I will do a Mesh Musing on success metrics on all aspects of governance in your implementation later on measuring how your governance would go. Seriously, like I don't want this one little section within the greater thing that's already a little too long to be another 40 minutes. So let's talk about governance in the platform only. Think about things like How quick or simple is it to request access to data? How quick or simple is it to review those requests and grant access? What percent of requests are granted versus rejected versus, you know, kind of there needs to be a a deeper question asked here? That's there's all sorts of reasons why that um, is something that you want to track of. Is the documentation and discoverability good enough to actually help people understand if they should be getting access to this? Are people not understanding the security levels around certain things, all of that? Um, What about automation around governance? Like what percent of governance tasks are manual versus automated? Data quality, such a deep topic that we could go into for another 20 minutes. But think about things like what percent of the incidents around data quality are from the platform versus the data product itself being the, the thing that was causing the issues. Carlos Saona talked a little bit about that um, in his episode, and I, I think that one's a really good one to, to listen to when thinking about that. How well is the platform monitoring and reporting on data quality? How good is it at, at catching on when things fall out of compliance with SLAs? Whether that's you know especially around quality, but any of the SLAs, how good is it at tracking those things and reporting on those so people can see data product health? There are so so many things you can measure around quality. I say within this governance, start by focusing on quality percent of automation and um, percent of of speed to react. Right, like how quickly you can react. It's hard to measure like something like issues prevented and percent of compliance violation or whatever uh from the different data products like how many were out of compliance and things like that but if you can those are great too again there are so many things you can consider measuring here around governance but just start start by finding a few and just going forward with that sort of covered by governance but guardrails is something that you really really want to focus on when you're doing your um you know, guardrails and fast path, when you think about what your platform is supposed to do, it's supposed to keep people from hurting themselves and it's supposed to prevent as much friction as possible. So, you know, a way you could think of this guardrail is like what percent of the data product creation and management process is covered by guardrails? Like, where is it that things aren't covered where people could go wrong? What is the amount of friction created by the guardrails? Like, that should be as low as you can find make it. How many data products would have been released with issues if not for the guardrails? Like, How many times did the guardrails keep somebody from hurting themselves? Similarly, thinking about issues prevented. A lot of this can be somewhat hard to measure exactly or precisely, but you can get a good sense, I think, relatively easily. How well are you keeping things from going out of compliance without introducing too much friction? That's where you can start to think about how successful are you with your guardrails? Lastly, one of, if not the most important aspects, generally automation and helpful artifacts. This is wrapped into so many of the other areas and you don't want metrics for the sake of metrics, but like helpful artifacts is things like blueprints and easy to apply standards and frameworks. What are those things that make it so somebody can quickly get something out if what they're building isn't so complicated? automation on the other hand is what percent of things are manual that shouldn't be right like the data modeling maybe you have something people can easily start from but automated data modeling at least from the feedback i regularly receive is terrible so you shouldn't automate your data modeling that should be the the part that the humans do but applying you know designation of pii to columns that should be mostly automated you know at most a checkbox in the ui but and again, a lot of this stuff is you need to get to it once you're a few years into building the platform. You're going to be bad at this stuff at the start of your journey. You have permission to be because you can't just start, you know, halfway through your journey. If you build the platform to start halfway through your journey, it's real. that's a terrible idea for so many reasons. There's a lot of episodes that, that cover that. I'm not going to get into that. But this, I think when you really, really focus on, automation as your implementation success. And this is where you find the friction points. And you're constantly looking to automate the ones that you can until the friction points are merely humans need to be doing this work. So of course there's friction because that person needs to be doing this work rather than this needs to get done and it could be done by the machines, right? So you can start to measure your friction points pretty early and measure how quickly you're addressing those friction points, how you're addressing them, how many are addressed, what what were your top 10 friction points. And then six months later, you come back and go, okay, how many of those have been helped? You know, sometimes you're not going to eliminate any friction, but okay, this was 30% of the friction in a data product creation process, it's now 5%. You know, this other thing that was only 5% is now 20% because we've reduced everything else so much. But okay, like then that's the thing that becomes the focus, but you just keep doing that. You keep, keep bringing that up. So there's one thing that I didn't bring up in this that is, it's so, so hard to even think about how you measure your implementation success metrics around your platform is, how do you measure abstraction? Because it's an abstract concept, right? (laughs) Trying to measure your abstraction quality level. That's pretty meta, right? So I I might be getting too tired after writing a very long one, but you do want to think about how, how much knowledge does somebody have to have of the tooling to use what the tooling is trying to do, right? You want people to be able to transform their data, not have to understand the tool that transforms their data. So let's sum up a lot of this again. So as I mentioned last time, at the start, it's more important to start measuring than it is to measure the right things. Do not do not let analysis paralysis hold you back. Start measuring early to figure out what actually matters, and that will also change over time. Don't stick to the same metrics. Similarly, your success metric framework will probably suck to start. Oh, well, get to measuring. Use fitness functions. In general, this is really is a journey. You will need to find small and simple ways to measure at the start. Don't get bogged down. Don't try to measure everything. Your measurements will be rough and kind of depressing with the amount of challenges to tackle at the start of your journey. Just understand this is about how well are you doing, not how complete you are. There is always more to do and it it gives you some, some things to reflect back on, right? Good metrics to consider are, again, satisfaction, time to deploy new data products, time to update existing data products, ease of use, which kind of blends into all the others, searchability, discoverability, ease of interconnection, mean time to detect, and mean time to recovery from issues, governance, guardrails, and automation helpful artifacts, and then you can think about the abstraction one. I just don't have anything good there in general, look to measure friction and how you reduce it. If po- And in, if possible, I have no great ideas here. What is that extra value add? Something that the platform was the genesis of. Maybe that's, you know, suggesting data products to somebody or whatever, but look to measure those two things. And that's how all of your, you should frame what you're going to measure. And lastly, do reflect back on how far you've come. Look at What you've done so far, because you're always going to have a list of here are the next 50 things that we're going to want to do. Look back on and celebrate your successes, your wins thus far in your implementation. With that, Scott out. Hopefully, that was a useful mesh musing for you. Please do rate and review the podcast, it really does help. And if you'd like to get in touch and see how I can be helpful to you, check out the show notes. I'm pretty easy to find. As I mentioned, there are some great free programs in addition to some very affordable things around implementer intros and roundtables on the Data Mesh Understanding website. As always, if you have suggestions for guests or topics, please do get in touch. Have a wonderful rest of your day. And with that, now on to the funky outro music.